And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to Prospects to Pros, the show where we examine the guys who just got drafted to the NFL, the ones who are about to be drafted in the NFL, but right now we're talking about the ones who just got drafted in the NFL because Dane Brugler is here. He's back from Kansas City. The draft was last weekend, Dane. You are due for some much-needed R&R, but we got to have one more download before we let you go on vacation and, and forget about 2024 draft prospects, even though I've just been in your ear about Carson Beck at Georgia, that he may he may find his way into the first round. But no. Planting your got, flag early. Exactly, it. exactly. So, But no, we need to talk about this draft that just happened. And we're going to do some superlatives because uh, you guys broke it down so thoroughly on the set in Kansas City. If you guys didn't watch, it was fantastic with with Dane and Robert Mays. But this is uh, this is a chance to look back and, and decide. Okay, what where what do we really like? What were our favorite things? So, Dane, I, we should probably start with with best draft. What what team do you think had the best draft? Uh, yeah, it's hard not to go with the Eagles. I mean, I you get now. Obviously, this depends on Jalen Carter panning out, the, playing the way we think he can. Um, but getting Jalen Carter, getting Nolan Smith in the first round. Um, I, I I know the whole Georgia former Bulldog aspect of this yeah. is a fun storyline. But I, and then they come back and and get Keely Ringo in the fourth round. Um, I mean, it's not part of the draft hall, but then trading for DeAndre Swift, like it's just. Uh, they added good players, and on day two even, you add a Sidney Brown. Uh, they needed help at safety. Sidney Brown's going to help them, special teams and safety, from day one. Uh, they needed help on the offensive line, depth. Uh, Tyler Steen, he's he going to come in and compete for their starting right, ta- right guard job, and then maybe he is the long-term right tackle. So, for me, the Eagles' uh, star power, depth, I mean, I think they kind of hit all the high notes for me. So, yeah. uh if I had to pick one, the Eagles are at the top. But, I, you know, the Colts, I really like what they did. Uh, I mean, it starts with Anthony Richardson, obviously. But then, you know, hitting all these athletes. I mean, this is a Chris Ballard draft if I've ever seen one. Uh, getting some key athletes. Getting Josh Downs at pick 79. Exactly. Like, just, just a steal. It, it, it was kind of like uh, Ballard's getting all these high-end athletes. And then he told... Uh, Shane Steichen, head coach, like, all right, you can have one. Who do you want? Josh Downs? Okay, done. Here. Uh, you drop him I, into that offense. That, that's, a, that's a lot of fun. I had another college football writer texting me during the draft, and Josh hadn't been taken yet. And it, it, the text just said, do these people, did these people never watch Josh Downs play football? Because he's one <laughs> of those, like, production-wise, it's hard to deny. And yeah. really, we talk about Drake May a lot as, as a 2024 prospect, but that was pretty much all Drake May had. And, and right. Downs, Downs was very productive and, and just I, he's just I am, small. That's yeah. that's it. You know, that's he's it. small and he, he's a four four eight athlete. He's not a burner, quicker than yeah. fast. But you want a guy that gets open. You want a guy yeah. that catches the ball. That that's what yep. he does. That's it. 
That's it. So I, I had one that I, I realized this might be a little bit controversial because I know there's some people that think, okay, you didn't have to, to swap picks with the Eagles. You could have gotten Jalen Carter here. But the, the whole Bears draft, I yeah. like in terms of filling needs. So you've got Darnell Wright in the first round. They need people to block for Justin Fields. I, I, I realize you, you may have wanted Jalen Carter or something different. They got to block for Justin Fields. They needed a right they tackle just, specifically, and they got the best yes, right tackle in the draft. So Exactly. Yeah. And then in the second round, they get Jervon Dexter from Florida and Zach Pickens from South Carolina, two guys who will be, I think, first-line interior defensive linemen in the NFL. They're starting NFL defensive tackles. Uh, Dexter, I've, I've always thought, will be better in the NFL than he was at Florida. He didn't have a ton around him. He's getting double-teamed a lot. He's probably playing more snaps than he should have. He's a 6'6", 310-pound guy who can move. Like, And then Pickens, I think, is a great value there. And Roshan Johnson, I'm just telling you right now, this dude is going to be a productive back in the NFL. He was, And he was that guy at Texas. He was a leader, uh, kind of the, the the guy everybody rallied around. Even though um, Bijan is a great player, you know, the perfect back prospect and, and a really good teammate and all that. But the Texas people will tell you that Roshan Johnson was the guy everybody listened to on that team. So I'm very excited about that. And I still believe in Noah Sewell, even though he had a bad year last year, I still think there's something there. I'm very curious to see what they get out of him at pick 148. Yeah. And my guy, Tyler Scott, who I I had a great as a top 50 player and they get him uh, much later than uh, I think he should have gone. You look at the bears moving forward Darnell Mooney's in a, a contract year. Maybe Tyler Scott takes over uh, for him next season. Um, I, I agree with you with everything you said about it. I, I don't do draft grades. I, what I do is I power rank 1 through 32, my favorite yeah. draft classes. Eagles are 1. Colts were 2. Uh, the Texans were 3. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I didn't factor in what they gave up. I'm just factoring. I'm just focusing on the players. Right. And obviously, you get C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. Right there, you're going to rank high. Um, Seattle is four and then Chicago is five for me. So, um, I'm, I'm with you. Chicago had a heck of a draft. Seattle at four, man, mm. I, I don't think we once talked about Devin Witherspoon going five to Seattle. I don't, it's just, no. you think about Pete Carroll and John Schneider, this is their 14th draft. They've been head coach and GM together in Seattle. They have never drafted a corner in the first round until this year. And when you look at their track record on day three, why would they? You know, they, right. especially coming off a year where they found two starters on day three at corner in last year's draft. Why would you use a top five pick on a corner this year? I think that just tells you how much they love Devin Witherspoon. You know, yeah. and a guy that's under six foot, 185 pounds. You better be pretty good to draft you top five. Obviously, Seattle thought so. But then they come back with JSN at 20, one of my favorite mm-hmm. fits in the draft. Derek Hall, a great edge rusher. You had him to the rotation on the second round. Zach Charbonnet is really interesting when you have Kenny Walker. Uh, yep. I, I, some conf- I, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Um, you know, it's kind of like Kenny Walker's your your home run hitter, where yep. Charbonnet is your doubles guy, and you know, going to be more. You know, Walker's got more speed, more big play potential. Charbonnet is more of your, uh, you know, in terms of. Your running back specific traits, your vision, yeah. your patience—that's where he is superior well, to Walker. But it's going to be interesting the 
the, the, the workload and what they, is it strictly using Charbonnet and passing downs or I, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. Well, you can pound on the defense a little bit with Charbonnet, who's a big guy. Yeah. And then take, take some load off of Walker so mm-hmm. that when you do give Walker the ball, there's a better chance that, that those explosive traits come out and, and he breaks one. So, right. I, I mean, that's because you have a really good running back on a rookie contract in, in Kenneth Walker. Why not stretch that out as much as you can? Get as much mileage out of that as you can. And I think Charbonnet is good value there. And will he can, he can give you the kind of production that Walker would give you on most carries. And it keeps Walker fresher. So that every once in a while, kaboom! That's yeah. That's the thing that 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 I would I would do with them and the Derek Hall pick. I love too. It's he he looks like a, a Pete Carroll type edge rusher. So I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to see that. The biggest and, surprise. Oh, go ahead. I was say just a common theme with that Seattle draft. I, I think you you look at all these guys. They're like football passion guys, like Witherspoon, Smith and Jigba, Derek Hall, Charbonnet. Uh, I mean, all the way through, they're all like there's a common thread throughout this draft class that these are passionate about football, yeah. high football character players. So kind of a, a big turn from them possibly taking Jalen Carter, which, you know, there's questions there at five. Yeah. They went a different direction with the entirety of their draft class. So the biggest surprise, I mean, for me, it was right after the Texas State C.J. Stroud, which didn't seem that surprising. I realized there was a lot of smoke that they might not, but they, right. they needed a quarterback. But yep. then to turn around and trade up to three mm-hmm. to take Will Anderson, I, I was shocked. Shocked uh, that they gave up so much um, or shocked that they... Just uh, the aggressiveness of it. Because yeah, you, you, right. you, you have another pick you know, high in the first round. You could get a lot of value just picking there. To say, you know what, this is the guy we want. We feel like we can really build our team, and those those are going to be obviously the Stroud's the quarterback. He's the most important player on the offense. Will Anderson's going to be the face of your team. Oh yeah, he yeah. just is. That's that's who he is, and he will be the face of your defense. He will be the leader of your defense once, I, maybe not immediately, but eventually. And I just think it's great that you know with the new coaching staff coming in. They said, you know what? We are going to tell everybody what this team's going to be right here and get what we want. This, uh, it, we've heard a lot of different things coming out of Houston the last few days since the, the first round. This just feels like Will Anderson was our guy from the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, highest graded player on the board. This is the, the defensive cornerstone that D'Amico Ryan's targeted and that he wanted. Uh, but at the end of the day, they needed a quarterback. And so they had to figure it out. And even though they drafted CJ Stroud first, I think Will Anderson's the guy they wanted all along. And so, uh, but you take the quarterback first and then you, you know, Nick Casario ownership, you tell D'Amico, listen, we got to take the quarterback, but then we're going to go up and get your guy. We'll find a way, we'll figure it out. And uh, they, they, they do that. And the cost a lot is expensive trade. And, you know, I did my, uh, you referenced it earlier, my 2024 mock draft. And for the draft order, I just did the inverse of the Super Bowl odds. And right now, it's Arizona picking one and Houston picking two. So if that came to fruition, Arizona would have the first two picks in next year's draft, <laughs> which obviously, uh, in hindsight, would not be a great look. Um, but obviously, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But um, 
it'd be awesome for Arizona. I mean, you're Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. Come on down. I mean, that'd be a, that'd be a, a heck of a haul. Cause it's not, I mean, Cardinals still were able to uh, trade back up for Paris Johnson and get their, their left tackle of the future. So the Cardinals coming away from this draft with two firsts next year, with three thirds, I mean, just all the draft capital for next year. They're they're, yeah. they're going to control next year's draft, and that's exactly what they needed uh, with a new regime in place, uh, a broken roster, um, uncertainty at quarterback. I mean, it's uh, I, I thought the Cardinals just absolutely in terms of process and plan, they killed it. Well, here's the thing, though: if you're the Texans, I don't know if they would actually say this, but what you what you say to that is. Oh, you, you might have just given away the second pick in the draft next year. We're not intending to suck. Yeah. That's what oh, you yeah. say. And, yeah. and that's uh, – it's a possibility, you know, with with, the, with what they've done. And if C.J. Stroud comes in, and it, I would assume – I'm assuming C.J. Stroud's your day one starter. You know, Probably. maybe not. Maybe, maybe you go with Davis Mills or Case Keenum at first. But I'm assuming he's coming in, coming in to start. And, you know, if, if he plays the way he did the last game we saw him play – uh, they might be yeah. pretty good. So yeah. no doubt, so no doubt. I, I I can't wait for that. Is it, they they have a chance to yeah make some noise in that division, no doubt. And so I you just never know with rookie quarterbacks. And yep. uh, the, the offensive line's okay. I thought that was a really interesting part of this. Usually, when quarterbacks are drafted early, the offensive line's terrible, and yeah. those those guys are in trouble. But you look at Carolina with Bryce Young at one. That pretty decent offensive line. Like he's yep. actually going to a good now. Receivers are a little more of a question mark, but his offensive line's pretty good. Houston, uh, one of the best left tackles in the game, and then the other parts of the offensive line are, are fine. Um, you know, we'll see about center, but I, I think for the most part, Houston's offensive line it's not it, it's not in the bottom five of the league. It's probably cl- it's closer to the middle of the pack. Um, mm-hmm. and, and having Laramie Tunsil is a big part of that. But, I mean, for these two quarterbacks at the top, now, Anthony Richardson, the Colts' offensive line is still an issue. But for the first two picks with the Panthers and the Texans, it's interesting that their offensive line, not as big of an issue as we usually expect from teams picking that early in the draft. Yeah, and and I, it's funny with the Texans because you just always think of David Carr going there when they're an expansion team yeah. and just getting sacked every single play. But but you're absolutely right. And like, you know, even while Deshaun Watson we first got there. I mean that's yeah. why they they traded the farm for Laramie Tunsil and that, you know, obviously it's a lot to give up for him, but they they had to they were desperate. They had to do something because Watson could not uh did not have any time to make any plays. So, yeah, it's a Definitely been on the minds uh, of I I think the the Texans uh, ownership to make sure they invest in the line. You just reminded me one of my favorite picks when you talked about trading for Laramie Tunsil. So they traded to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil. Tunsil mm-hmm. and the Dolphins got a ton of draft capital out of that, obviously. The Dolphins made one of my favorite picks in this draft. Oh, yeah. De- uh, Devon A. Chain. I, I, I feel like I mocked it in existence. That's not fair. <laughs> I, I, I did it in my seven-round mock. I did yep. it in my... Uh, after round one, I did a mock for round for day two, rounds two and three. I mocked a chain to the Dolphins in both because I, I want I, I, selfishly I wanted to see it happen, and yeah. Mike McDaniel gave it to us. Uh, it just it's fireworks, man. I mean, this is uh, you, you think about what how they use their running backs in that offense. You think about a chain and the strengths of his game, the speed, man. That that is a chance to be a lot of fun, and so I I, I can't wait to see it. That is the most functional football speed on the field yeah. 
of any skill position group in the NFL. And and yeah. it will be very difficult for defenses to deal with. I, I can't wait. I hope, I hope Tua Tungavailoa is okay, and I hope he, he's healthy and can, and can play for a long time. Because if, if he can, holy crap, that's going to be fun to watch. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, it, just just ignore that I had mocked Michael Penix to them in my 2024 mock. But, uh, you know, hopefully. Well, listen, hopefully. one lefty for another. And there you if go. If something happens, you know, you just <laughs> – well, I – I, I'm not trying to be cynical here, but one oft-injured lefty for another oft-injured lefty. Yeah, so, uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, we we will get into your two, 2024 mock draft at some point. I, I, you you said you're not reading the comments. I've already started reading the comments. That's that's my favorite part. So I'm sure I'm but, sure there's some good ones. But let's let's talk a little more about this draft. The, there's a the, the, they took him where pick like a, the person who went much higher than you expected. I mean, you got to start with the Lions, what they did in the first round, right? With, yeah. with both yep. Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. Um, Jameer, that when Jameer Gibbs was drafted at 12, that was the first, like, whoa moment for me in the draft. Because uh, that's one where I just ne- never even entered my mind. Like, it wasn't even a thought that that could be yeah. a possibility. Uh, now, obviously, in hindsight, knowing they were ready to move on from DeAndre Swift, like, uh, you know, it, it, it becomes more of a... Uh, a practical pick, but still, um, in the moment, it was like, whoa, wow. Hey, I, it, it, it's one of the, my, my initial reaction is funny. I, there's a clip of, from our live show. My initial reaction was, can you imagine Lions fans if you mocked that pick uh, ahead oh. of time? They, I mean, they would have gone nuts. And I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I love Jameer Gibbs. Um, I, I, I cannot wait to see him. This is one of those. Trust your offensive coordinator. If you're the Lions and maybe you don't love the value of where they drafted him, just trust your offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson will know how to use a talent like this where his suddenness with his feet, his ability in the passing game, he has – you almost don't even look at him as a running back. You look at him as a a weapon. You know, he's going to help you in the passing game, uh, line him up in the – last year, he was 25% of his snaps came in a slot. Uh, He led Alabama in receiving. So, you know, this is a guy that, and it's funny, I, it, Jameer Gibbs is going top 20. Uh, it, it, the Jets were looking at him at 15, and there were other teams looking at him. Uh, he was not getting out of the top 20 picks. So I don't think it was as big of a reach as many pointed out. And I, I tweeted this uh, Friday morning. It's funny how how many Lions fans accused um, uh, oh, Lions PR at it again, or, you know, uh, <laughs> Um, uh, oh, the GM trying to save face, Brad Holmes. I was like, I- I'm right now. I'm flattered that you think uh, Brad Holmes called me and said, "Hey, you mind putting this out there?" That uh, like, I'm flattered you think he would do that, but no. I mean, th- th- there were other several other teams that I know were looking at Jameer Gibbs in the top twenty, and so it's it's not as big of a reach as maybe some think it is. Well, and Jack Campbell, who they t- also took in the first round. Right. Was potentially going to get picked up later in the first round, too. So in both cases, they had players they really liked mm-hmm. who might not have been available. So yeah. I, I think that's that's really all you can do, especially if you if you feel like those are your guys. And, you know, Jack Campbell is one of those. It's definitely a culture pick. Uh, you, you put him with Malcolm Rodriguez, who yeah. you got for a steal last year. And that li- that linebacker core. Could be pretty good. You've got a obviously a very good defensive line in front of them. So, yeah, I the the Gibbs thing. I was surprised when it happened too. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, it is 
this is a person who fits my criteria for for a first round running back. Where, where right. you, you, and I didn't have a problem with with where Bijan went or where Gibbs went. If that's what you want, if that's the the kind of weapon you're looking for, then fine. And you're right; they would not have been able to get him with their next pick. That's it, and. You know, Campbell, it, it's tough. The only linebacker drafted in, the, what, the top 50, top 60 yeah. this year? Um, uh, now, could they have traded back maybe and got him? Probably. Like, I don't I don't think, I don't, I don't, we, we'll never know for sure, but I don't think another team in the first round was going to draft Jack Campbell. Um, I know Buffalo was out there as a maybe, but, you know, they obviously, they, they wanted Dalton Kincaid, and as soon as, as soon as Dalton Kincaid fell past the Chargers, uh, Brandon yeah. Bean was on the phone. Okay, we got to go make a make a um, a move to go up and get Dalton Kincaid. And it's funny because they they jumped the Cowboys, thinking the Cowboys wanted him. Cowboys uh, T- Kincaid wasn't even the top tight end on their board. Sam Laporta was. They were considering Sam Laporta at uh, twenty six. Uh, Dallas yeah. was. Um, and actually, the the Cowboys pick came down to Matthew Bergeron or Mozzie Smith, either a guy they're going to put at guard or the nose tackle, and they went with the nose tackle. So uh, it's just fascinating, uh, you know, that what teams think other teams are going to do and how that affects their decision making. And um, but yeah, the Lions, I and then in round two, even like Sam Laporta over Michael mm-hmm. Mayer is interesting. Um, that's one where you know you can. Look at it and say, I, I really, I, I like Sam Laporta quite a bit. Just surprised they took him over uh, Michael Mayer. But you know what? The Lions weren't the only team that had Laporta above Michael Mayer, which is yeah. really interesting. Um, and then their favorite, my favorite pick of the their draft is probably Brian Branch uh, later in the second. Absolutely, getting him in the mid second. Um, I whether he plays slot, whether he plays nickel, um, you know, more of a more of a safety position, more of a corner. I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to see how they use all of these all these defensive backs across the secondary. All I know is they got better because Brian Branch is a heck of a player. Yeah, he's one you just plug in and you know that that you're going to get production from him and that he's going to be smart and understand your defense and do what you need him to do. I I love that. It's it is interesting because I believe our our Iowa beat writer Scott Docterman said that the the Lions had some fear of the Bills. In, mm-hmm. later in the first round but like you said when the bills knew they could get dalton kincaid they were they were going i you know it's interesting because the bills got osiris torrance yeah in the second round which i think is a, a pretty good pick up there and then nick broker from Ole miss i think can wind up playing for them too so uh, he, he, dorian williams in the third too right, they they yeah. needed a linebacker and i thought they got a really good one in tulane's dorian williams who's long young he can run um, I, yeah, the bills, they, they were in my top 10 of my favorite drafts because I thought they, it, you know, you, I, the Dalton Kincaid to, to Buffalo, that, that's one of my favorite fits in the entire draft. Um, I mean, he, he's going to be their slot receiver, basically, whether he's lined up, um, you know, more as a tight end or a receiver, it doesn't matter. He, he will be that, uh, you know, that, that receiving option they've been missing and it's just going to help that offense. So no, I, I love that fit. That that's going to be something that pays immediate dividends for that offense. And then yeah, add Osiris Torrance to the mix to to compete for a starting job. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and and Broker, that's a good good call on day three as a guy you can work into the offensive line rotations, give you maybe some position flex up front. Um, I, I he gives you solid depth. So Buffalo definitely an easy call for top ten of my favorite drafts this year. So how about he fell how far? With the question mark. 
I mean, yeah. we're gonna everybody's gonna say Levis because mm-hmm. we saw so much of him in the green room, but that does make sense once the the Colts took Richardson. That's it. Right. It, it, there there was not a huge need at quarterback. The Titans could or could, or could not take one. They've got Tannehill. They didn't have to take one. So it makes sense that if they're gonna take one, they're not gonna take one in the first round. You take him in the second. So I get that one. Was Michael Mayer the the more surprising one for you? Yes. I mean, I thought for sure he'd go in the first round. Um, But real quick on the Levis thing, I think you're exactly right. Let's just say Levis went four to the Colts. Anthony Richardson's the guy that falls then. It's not like Anthony Richardson gets to five and Seattle's like, oh, we're taking Anthony Richardson there. No, I mean, Anthony Richardson falls, and it's anyone's guess how far he does fall. Um, And uh, I... Multiple teams tell me they uh, got calls from Tennessee trying to trade back up into the first round to get Levis, um, the you know the Eagles, the Chiefs, there a few other teams. So it, it, the Titans were trying. It's just they couldn't find a deal to get it done, and they were able to trade up into the second to, to of course, get him. So uh, even though it was a, a longer wait than he wanted um, and just you know an unfortunate way to spend that first day of the draft being there in Kansas City and not working out, that's tough. But I thought he, he landed in a good spot where, um, you know, this is not the, not the GM that drafted um, uh, Malik Willis, uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Tanhill. This is, you know, he's yeah, close. Rand Carthon, new, new GM. Right. So. He, he, he's close to the end with, uh, with Tannehill. So, you know, it's uh, he's got a real chance there to, to, to be the guy. And so I, I thought he, you know, it's a good landing spot for him. Um, I might, the Michael Mayer one is interesting. I, I think he's something that, yeah, Nate Tice and I, every time we talk about Mayer, we kind of say this, but you just don't overthink him. plain and simple. Uh, Michael Mayer might not be an elite athlete, might not be an elite blocker. He's just a darn good player, all around good player. Uh, doesn't matter what you want. And so I, he goes to the Raiders in a second, great fit for him. He, he's going to make that offense better from day one. Um, a couple, we, we mentioned Josh Downs, surprised he fell uh, out of the top 75. Both Tennessee receivers, uh, talking about uh, both uh, Cedric Tillman and yep. then uh, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, both those guys falling as far as they did out of the top 70 picks. That was a little surprising. And then Dewan Jones, um, not surprised Dewan Jones fell. I, I thought I expected him to fall. Um, I, I, got, I mean, people are surprised. He was my 60, like 60 something rated player in the draft. And I heard from people say, what do you, he might go in the first round. And I'm thinking this guy's not going in the first round. There's too many question marks, too many concerns, you know, football character concerns, weight concerns, but I am surprised he fell all the way out of day two into day three uh, and and right into the laps of the Cleveland Browns who, uh, you know, have one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL uh, and Bill Callahan. So that that's an interesting fit for him, but still surprised he fell as far as he did. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. For their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash maze, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash maze now to grow your business, no matter which stage you're in. Shopify.com slash maze. So interesting you bring up Cedric Tillman and, and Dewan Jones because my next question to you was, what is the most efficient draft? And so you mentioned the Browns. Cedric Tillman was the first player the Browns selected. Their first pick in this draft was number 74. Yeah. Then they get Apuika from Baylor, who's one of my favorites, uh, giant nose tackle, who when, when you're in an odd front, that's the guy you, you have two gapping or just trying to blow up the middle. Dewan Jones, uh, Luke Whipler, the the Ohio State center, way way down on day three. Yeah, Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. I don't know that DTR is a, a starting NFL quarterback, but but he could be a, a, a valuable backup. I think at some point, yeah, a cheap backup. That's exactly yeah. what they need him to be. Yep. So, so God, love what the Browns did. I mean, they so they yeah, like you said, they didn't pick until seventy four, but they still got five of my top one hundred players. And Luke Whipler was close. I mean, he he I didn't he wasn't a top 100 player for me, but I mean, he was still an early fourth round guy. I thought, and they got him in the sixth, and he fits exactly what they do in that offense. So a, a guy that you add to the mix for competition, maybe not this year, but maybe down the road, he's fighting for a starting job. Um, I you know like Isaiah McGuire, they get him with their fourth uh, pick, which was 126. I, I thought they might have drafted him with. Their first third round pick, yeah, because he fits exactly what they want to do. Um, Cedric Tillman, I don't think they the Browns entered day three thinking, okay, we need to get a receiver, but it just how the board fell, and that, and that's what above all what I think the Browns did really well. They let the board fall to them, and it worked out really well where they just drafted good players. And I, I thought, you know, Cedric Tillman, one of the few true X receivers in this draft. Um, I mean, you look at it, Amari Cooper. Maybe only a year, another year in Cleveland after this. We'll see you know, the cap number. No more extra money due. There's a lot of things to work through there. Donovan Peoples-Jones will be a free agent. Um, you know, Elijah Moore, you figure, is there for the long haul. But even, you know, he's not an established NFL player just yet. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of bodies on that Browns off uh, wide receiver depth chart, but not anyone that's truly 
a, a proven commodity um, outside of Amari Cooper. And, and we just don't know how long Amari Cooper will be there. So love the pick uh, to go get Cedric Tillman and, and excited for what he could be in that, in, with that organization. We've talked about a lot of good fits. Is, is there one that you think, one player in this draft that you think, okay, he landed in the perfect spot. Maybe it's Devon A. Chain. Maybe we already said yeah. it. But, but any other guys that stick out to you that from, from a scheme perspective or you just wanted to see this player matched up with this, this head coach or this position coach or coordinator? We've mentioned a few of them. A. Chain's a good one. I think uh, Dalton Kincaid and what he's going to mean for uh, that, that Buffalo Bills offense is definitely one. But I, the one that uh, I just stands out to me as the fit, I, I just I, I think it's going to be such a, a big impact immediately is Jackson Smith and Jigba going to Seattle. Um, I mean, it, you just I would have loved to have had a camera on Geno Smith when that pick was made. <laughs> like I just fist pumping. Yeah. Like I mean, he's already got paid, so he's got to be feeling good. But now it's all about winning championships and. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. You plug in a guy like this. And Seattle's been missing that number three receiver. They have not been able to, you know, D. Eskridge, they drafted highly uh, a couple years ago. He has not been able to, uh, you know, really live up to that. Smith and Jigba, you plug him in there. And, uh, man, I I wasn't sure if if JSN was going to last until 20. We thought he'd go in that 11 to 20 range. Well, yep. it's, it, he lasted at 20, first, first receiver off the board. I just, I love the fit. I, I think it's something that from day one, he's going to be able to be productive. And then you also factor in Zach Charbonnet in that backfield, like we talked about. This offense, man, uh, it, it's, uh, they've got the tackles, the interior, the offensive line's got a few question marks. But this offense, if Geno plays at the level that he did last year, or maybe even a little bit better, this offense is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I mean, when Jackson Smith and Jigby got picked and you're thinking DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, that is the, the Geno Smith reaction is, is perfect. I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't even imagine how he's feeling because that's, and, and that's the thing with these quarterbacks is we always joke about the Aaron Rodgers thing that the Packers would never draft him a weapon, but like the Lamar stuff, the contract stuff with Lamar that came out on Thursday, the first, first day yeah. of the draft. Well, and then they picked Zay Flowers for him. Yeah. It's yeah. like, here, we, we picked you some flowers. It's talk, beautiful. <laughs> talk about a, a narrative shift. Uh, I mean, a week ago, the, the narrative around the, the Ravens offense was, uh, I mean, I, we just don't know. Lamar Jackson, who knows? They had to franchise him back to back. And, uh, the, you know, but, but now uh, they lock up Lamar Jackson long term. You add Odell Beckham. You add Nelson Aguilar. Rashad Bateman's coming back off injury and you add in a Zay Flowers and all of a sudden the narrative around that Baltimore Ravens offense is completely flipped and it's uh, not if, if you're uh, you know the Browns the Bengals or Steelers you're, you don't love that you, you don't love yeah. to see what the Ravens were able to do last Thursday no but I I think it'll be all right this is the as we said the Browns had a good draft the Steelers did all right as well. Yeah, they were the other team that had, uh, I think it was the Steelers and the Bears both had six players from my top 100. Um, I They smartly traded up in front of the Jets to get uh, the the tackle, Broderick Jones. When that tackle run started, Paris Johnson, then Darnell, Darnell Wright, uh, Skaronsky, um, and, and then to get uh, Broderick Jones. And then, you know, I mean, you're getting Darnell Washington in the late third 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're getting a lot of value with the, the the picks that the Steelers made. The other team too that I want to mention is the Packers. Um, you know, a lot was made with okay, would they get that receiver or that tight end in the first round? Uh, they don't. They make the quintessential Packers pick with Lucas Van Ness. Like that's fine. Yep. Van Ness is a good player. It makes sense. I no problem with it. But then they come back on day two. And they draft two stud tight ends and a receiver with Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and then Jaden Reed at Michigan State. And I love those three players in that with that offense, that uh, that scheme specifically. I, it's just a perfect fit. Yeah, it's 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 so exciting. And and everybody, I talked about this on on my show, the Andy Staples Show, because we this is the part of the year when NFL fans who typically tend to be more cynical than, yeah. than college football fans. This is where they act like college football fans with recruiting because uh, in college, all of the, the the new recruits you have coming in are the best players ever. You know, they're, they're great. And yeah. I, I always explain to people, it's because the people who cover recruiting and then those of us who cover college football, we're not going to say mean things about 16-year-olds. We're just not. But it's a little bit different in the NFL. But, man, the everybody talking themselves into every single pick Oh, it's easy. Yeah, it was unbelievable this this weekend, and so I, I realize once mini camps start, everybody start poking holes in everybody else. But I, I do enjoy this this one period of bliss right here, where every pick's gonna work, everybody's got a, a, a whole you know giant sky full of possibility ahead of them. So that's so why we love wait. the draft. It's you know right. It's it's why we love the draft so much. Is it, it represents yeah. hope. It represents, exactly. uh, you know, uh, it, like a lot of teams got better. Uh, I mean, all 32 teams got better, right? They added players, and so it's now it's a matter of uh, just seeing how it all how comes to how it all plays out with training camp, and then the, once the season gets going, who gets the opportunities? Um, yep. You know, it's it's gonna be it, it's a really fun thing to reflect on, and even going back, you know, a year from or a, a year ago, and what, how were we feeling about the players in last year's draft, and with the full season. Were we right about those guys? What about three years ago? You know, it's always yep. interesting to do that self-reflective look and, and just uh, uh, understand why things worked, why they didn't, and then use that for future scouting to make sure you get these guys right. Well, and, and I've been interested to hear what some of the GMs have said about their plans for because, you know, sometimes they, they are a little cagey about it early on. But right. like Chris Ballard basically said, they're taking taking it slow with Anthony Richardson. That they they don't intend yeah. to just dump him into the deep end of the pool and Gardner Minshew's there and that's probably how they should handle it. Although I'm sure yeah. when they get Anthony Richardson in their building, they're going to be really excited about the things he can do. I mean, this is why you have training camp. I mean, why why predetermine when a, a rookie's going to start? There's no point. Uh, this yeah. is why you have training camp. Let it play out. Uh, if he earns it, great. Get him on the field and let's see what we have. If he's not quite ready. That's fine. I, you know, you don't have to rush it if you don't need to. So, you know, I, 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 I never understand why we get these different you know, proclamations from coaches or even owners who come out and say, "Oh, he's going to start." Or I think it, I think it's owners more than than anything else. More so, yes, definitely. Um, uh, but you know, I, I remember when you know when Doug Peterson did this with Carson Wentz, and you know when they drafted him, and it's just like like let let's let 
training camp figure this out. You know, we don't need to uh, put any expectations on these guys more so than they already have uh, about when they're going to get on the field. Let's see how they do with uh, once they get the playbook. Let's see how they do once they get into uh, training camp and have a chance to, uh, you know, get better, get coaching. And so we'll see how that works out with uh, with this crop of quarterbacks. Although it will be pretty surprising if Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, those two guys aren't the starters from day one. I think both are equipped to do so. Um, you know, with Carolina, Andy Dalton is there where if they, they don't have to put Bryce out there right away, but I just find it very hard to believe he's not the week one quarterback for the Panthers. Yeah, I, I think you may be right. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Meanwhile, you've already turned the page. You're, before you go on vacation, you drop a little bomb on us. The, the, the 2024, way, 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 way too early mock draft. Yeah. And... It's interesting because obviously everyone expects Caleb Williams to be the number one pick right. in the 2024 draft. I would be shocked if he's not. This feels like a very Trevor Lawrence type situation where exactly. there's just, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is amazing, but Caleb Williams is one of those quarterbacks that it's hard to find any fault with other than, you know, maybe don't paint the cuss words on your nails. Well, and the Cardinals have the first two picks. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, they, they yeah. can get the top two guys if they want. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing with Caleb. He, a lot of the reasons we love Bryce Young on the field, Caleb can do those things. Plus he's bigger, quicker, mm -hmm. and has, has a bigger arm. arm. So it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> now, obviously the intangible factor is a big part of this. I mean, Bryce was just off the charts when it comes to intelligence on the field, uh, it's processing, all that stuff. Caleb, it feels like he's up there in terms of his ability to process. But uh, they're, they're gonna like they're gonna like him. They're yeah. gonna like meeting him and getting to know him. It, yeah. But that, that's a little bit of an unknown at this point, as we learn scouts learn more about Caleb Williams. But it feels like that's gonna be something uh, that shouldn't get in the way. And same thing with Drake May. You know, it seems like yep. he's 
on the path of being a, a top five pick. Um, it's these other quarterbacks we'll have to wait and figure out. Can Quinn Ewers from Texas, who has, right. a, he has a special arm, can the, the does a mental part catch up? But we have to remember, he's a redshirt sophomore, and he skipped his senior year of high school. So technically, he's like a redshirt freshman, right? I mean, or uh, a true sophomore, basically. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I think he did the quarterback redshirt. And, yeah. and that caught him back up with his class. But he's a uh, that that's that's an interesting situation because Ewers should be good. He's got a ton of talent around him. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give you a name that I'm sure some of your your college football the college football listeners will will know, but the, the NFL folks may not have heard. Uh, Malik Murphy. Mm-hmm. So he is the backup quarterback at Texas. I know everybody's like, well, well in Arch Manning the backup? No, Arch Manning yeah. is not ready to be the backup yet. Malik Murphy. He's big, really right? Good. Big he's and huge. Yeah. Very uh, Joe Milton. Not yeah. quite Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson's on a different level in terms of athleticism. But Malik is very similar uh, physically. Maybe is bigger, I think, even than Joe Milton, who's the quarterback at Tennessee. California kid. That, yep, yep. And so if Quinn gets hurt or some, or, or for some reason is not performing well, Malik's the, the guy you're going to see there mm-hmm. at Texas. And now he's he's not draft eligible next year. But mm-hmm. it's a very interesting situation there because Ewers is, you know, we saw him against Alabama. He looks so good. Yeah. He gets hurt in that game. He comes back. His footwork's just all off. So that that's – but he's one, if he fixed everything on the, in the offseason, he could blow up this year with, oh, the, yeah. with the guys he's throwing. Xavier Worthy, uh, their tight end is fantastic. You, I, he you was in the tight mock. end in the, yeah. in the mock, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a, a really interesting situation at, at Texas, and and then you've got JJ McCarthy from Michigan, yeah, at fifteen, which I like JJ McCarthy a lot. He was never really relied upon to win a game through the air until mm-hmm. the Ohio State game, and and then I he did a really good job. He showed he has that capability. So, yeah. but, but I did want to ask you about because the if the Cardinals wind up with the number one pick, yeah. You can't not take Caleb Williams. You have to. You, but that's you hate Kyler Murray. I mean, how does one franchise bungle quarterback so much? Like you draft Josh Rosen in, in the top ten. Yeah. The next year you're like, oh, we messed that up. <laughs> We're taking right. Kyler Murray, and and now you've paid Kyler Murray, and you may stink, and you really can't turn this guy down if you're the number one pick. Uh, if the if Caleb Williams was in this draft, the Bears don't trade out. They take them. No. Um, they they take Caleb. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you if you have a chance to get better at quarterback, uh, clearly better, you do it. You don't have a choice. And yep. if if the Cardinals are picking number one, then obviously, I mean, Kyler's obviously with the injury. That's he, he's going to miss a little bit of time. But even you know, if they, if they're picking that high, where they could have a chance at Caleb Williams, and something was off with the quarterback position to begin with. So, uh, obviously, there, there's financial repercussions here if they did that. But to get to reset the quarterback uh, clock and get a guy like talent like Caleb Williams, I they don't have a choice uh, in my opinion if they are drafting that high. So that will be really interesting uh, domino in all of this. Um, uh, just how how that plays itself out. Well, they, they let the Caleb Williams Drake May sweepstakes begin. Yeah, Dane, incredible draft cycle for you. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, hey, wrote- I, I just want to say thank you to you, Andy, for coming on, you know, kind of steering the ship this year 
for prospects to pros and you know all season you know, your wealth of knowledge has been awesome for the show and so thank you very much for everything you brought to it having lance um and, and then just it, it's been it's been a really good season uh, of the mm-hmm. podcast and so i'm i'm excited to to run it back next season and but oh, yeah. it, it, was, it was a lot of fun so thank you Oh, my pleasure. This has been the most fun part of my week. And I, I, I love breaking all this stuff down. And it's great to because I you know cover these guys from one angle to see how people view them from a different angle. And it's I mean, it helps me in, in my day job, too. So uh, yeah. this has been awesome. And also shout I, out Marissa. Uh, yeah, for, for uh, that's right. It, Our producer. All, the, all, all the all the background stuff behind the scenes that you don't get to see. But she's been invaluable as well. So thank you. Yeah, so Dane, you are going on vacation. Uh, hopefully, there's a, an, an ample supply of Mountain Dew where you're going. And uh, we undisclosed, we'll keep it off the radar. And uh, have fun. Get ready. Beast uh, Beast 2024 is due in about, uh, about <laughs> 10 or, months. Ready or not, it's coming. <laughs> Got to start. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you again very soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.